Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vaults 24-7 Podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Friday afternoon, as you can tell by the truncated opening of this podcast. This is a breaking news edition of the Go Vaults 24-7 Podcast. Not just me on this edition of the podcast. From parts unknown across town, undisclosed location, Patrick Brown. Pat, why are we bringing this breaking news podcast to the people? Well, we're podcasting because Tennessee has paused its preseason practice uh, due to increase in positive COVID-19 cases within the program. Uh, When they return to practice is to be determined as the program undergoes more testing uh, and also tries to figure out what has caused this increased uh, uh, this increase in positive cases. That's that's correct. That's very succinct. That's right to the point. And we will provide more detail on this. We're going to have we're not just going to discuss the COVID stuff on here. We're going to discuss some other things uh, and I'll have probably I'm guessing for Saturday, maybe late Friday night, maybe Saturday. We'll have a podcast where we play all of Pruitt's audio from today so you can hear the entire uh, you can hear the entire presser video conference Zoom call without any sort of. uh you know, interference without any middleman there. You can just directly hear it so you can hear the news for yourself so you'll know what we're talking about. You can know exactly how the questions were asked. You can know exactly what he says. So that, I think that's the best way to handle things like this. In short, though, here are the, the, the important details to note from this. Tennessee is not telling us how many players have tested positive uh, in this most recent outbreak. Uh, we know that there were, I believe, what, 23 from the entirety of things until the start Correct. of camp. That, that, that much we know, and that most of those came from July 4th and that, that holiday, uh, but that there were also people who maybe didn't test positive but had to go into social quarantine because they were contact tracing, put them close enough to people who had tested positive that it was a concern. They were able to trace back everything. Uh, it came from dorms or it came from people being uh, you know, out with friends or family. They did not come from inside the building. With this current outbreak, they do not know. Uh, and until they know, they're not going to practice. That's my understanding. What I took from what Pruitt said was that he didn't tell us the number, but the way he described it, it wasn't like it was a huge number of positive tests. It was just a larger number than he was comfortable with. And this was his decision. This was Pruitt's decision to put a pause on things, uh, get everyone tested, try to figure out and contact trace as quickly as possible and figure out where this stuff came from. And if it came from the building, why did it come from the building? How did it get in? And then once they get satisfaction on those kind of answers, then they'll go forward. But that means they're not going to practice Friday, and that means that the practice for Saturday is up in the air. We we don't know yet. Uh, Of course, there's also a concern now that Tennessee's players are, are, many of them have organized a social justice rally, uh, you know, from everything that's going on there, and that's their right to do that. Pruitt moved practice to let them do that, Uh, but now they'll be taking part in that. 
hopefully wearing masks. So we'll see uh, how that goes, if anything changes there. But I guess, Pat, Pat, the bottom line here is that this seems to me more like a proactive move than a reactive move, but but uh, maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think proactive is a good word. The word I would probably use is maybe precautionary, maybe erring on the side of caution because uh, the, the way Pruitt explained it, he says they've had very good testing numbers for pretty much all but two weeks, this being the second week. Um, they gave the team eight days off uh, around the 4th of July, um, and they had that's when the majority of their previous cases uh were, were, were present. And of course, remember, you know, when Tennessee first got to, got to campus back in June, they didn't have any positive tests. They were one of the few teams that um, didn't have any tests at all. I think they had one graduate assistant was the only person in the program correct <clears throat> that tested positive. So uh, this seems to be, uh, I, like I said, I, I, I don't want to downplay it, but also don't want to make it sound like it's a huge deal because it sounds like Tennessee is maybe just trying to uh, handle this with care. Um, and the way Peru made it sound is, you know, we've been at zero or we've been at one, you know, they had some guys that, that didn't practice last week, Harrison Bailey being one of them because they were still in quarantine. So uh, they're still sticking to um, sort of their, their protocols, but uh, the way he made it sound is it wasn't zero or one. Does that mean it's 23? Probably not. doesn't sound like it's that, uh, that serious, but uh, I, I do think Pruitt uh, and Tennessee's medical team deserve some credit for, uh, you know, taking a, this kind of approach to the situation because, uh, it sounds to me like they're they're pausing practice until they figure out what the source uh, of the increase was, um, and if there if there's something going on, if it's being uh, transmitted inside of the building within the complex from player to player that way, uh, as opposed to you know guys who live together all you know testing positive uh, and things like that. So, um, and, and Pruitt has said this countless times that we've talked to him over the summer that that player safety is the number one priority. Um, and, and this is a move that has that in mind because, um, it, you know, it would be easy for him. He's a football guy to his core. It'd be easy for him to say, Hey, you know, we need practice. You know, we've only got so many days to get our 25 in, but, um, this is, I, I think a case of him saying, okay. Uh, and relying on, on Tennessee's medical team with that's headed up by Dr. Chris Klink, who's a guy that references a lot, who's on the SEC's medical task force for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing football this season. So, um, this, this seems like a, a smart move on Tennessee's part, even if it's preemptive, even if it's uh, proactive, as you said, Wes, I, I think it's a good move to sort of say, okay, we're going to figure out what the source of this is, why this is happening. Uh, and we're going to do that before we, we get back on the field and focus on football. Yeah. And I think we, we, we've put the news out there. So now I guess I'm, I, I'll go ahead and give maybe a, a, a quick, a quick, uh, what's what I'm looking for here? Maybe a, a quick preview of the column that I think I'm going to write for tonight. Um, we call it a tease in the business. Yeah, Les. there you go. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. you. You're the one with the good brain here. here. Here's the tease on what I think I'm going to be writing tonight. This is exactly why the SEC went to a conference-only schedule and why it bumped things back to September 26th. This is why when the NCAA and SEC put in protocols or whatever for practice that they allowed camp to start and that they allowed them 25 practices over a pretty large number of days uh, in order 40 something days yeah to get them to get them in there. So this was the schedule was put here precisely for this reason and it was put in to encourage people, encourage coaches and staffers if there is a an outbreak on a team or a hot spot or whatever phrase you want to use, I don't know which word to use because I don't know how many 
uh, tests they've had positive in, in this current situation. But this is why the rule was put in place. This is not a time to panic. This is exactly why they put in the schedule the way they did. Because if a team has a situation like this, you can take, whether it's 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, even maybe four days, whatever you need to go get everyone tested, to go get a bunch of uh, inquiries into the contact tracing protocol, figure out who got these positive tests, where have they been together, and how many are going on across campus, where where has this come from? Did this come because someone broke the team's COVID protocol or did this come because uh, someone accidentally did something? You know, could, could you, those are the things that matter now. How did it get into the building if it got into the building? Uh, how has it been spread in the building if it's been spread in the building? Or uh, is Tennessee doing its job and this came from outside and that just means that, hey, that's that's going to happen. That's why this was put in place. And I'm going to basically go on and continue to say what you said, Pat. I think Jeremy Pruitt, throughout this entire ordeal, uh, I think Ramey put it really well earlier when we were in our group chat talking about the even keel approach, that Pruitt takes this like he takes everything else. COVID is just like anything else. It's like an opponent Tennessee is playing. He takes it very even keeled, doesn't get too high about it, doesn't get too low about it. He just kind of matter-of-factly takes the situation as he sees it, and he moves forward. And I think that is exactly what a coach should be doing in this situation. But I'll go beyond that. I think, Pat, when you look at everything that's going on in our country, not just with the COVID stuff, but with all the, the social justice stuff, with everything else that is going on, Jeremy Pruitt has proven time and time again in recent months that he is not just your cliche old school Southern football coach. He talks like one, but he he sees where the world is right now. He lets his players be themselves within balance, within some sort of reason, uh, but he is understanding the role of sports in everything right now. And I think he's hitting the right chord with his players. I think they feel like he's got their back in every way. And I think that's important. Yeah, and, and to, to go back to some of your point with the contact tracing and, and making sure, you know, and maybe saying this isn't a reason to panic. Uh, this is hypothetical. This, this, this may not be what's going on. But if you have four offensive linemen that test positive, you know, those guys are almost always together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always hanging out. They're always in a group. Uh, maybe they're in smaller groups now because of what's going on, but uh, you have to, you know, you have to test those guys and, and maybe you, you isolate them or quarantine them. And, and then you got to, you know, do the same with the defensive line because those groups are, are going at each other quite a bit in practice. They have the most contact probably of any other position group. Yep. Uh, so that, that, that's the, that's maybe all it takes. And, and Peru was saying, uh, you know, there's not a magic number uh, or, or whatever to however many cases there are that will determine when they pause practice or when they, uh, we'll resume practice if that makes sense. So, uh, but I agree with you, Wes. I, I think he, um, I, I think he's very aware of, of the situation going on. And, and, you know, we've always heard he's um, a player's coach and, and you tend to take him at his word uh, when he, when he says things like that, you know, some coaches say that and, you know, do they really mean it? We don't, you know, you, you kind of maybe have your, your skepticism, but uh, with Pruitt, just the way he's wired uh, when he tells parents, we're going to keep the best interest of your son uh, at the forefront of everything we do here. Um, you know, it's, it's his actions have spoke louder than his words in, in terms of some of the, uh, letting his players speak their minds, letting his players, um, you know, participate in, in these, 
in, in marches for causes they believe in and things like that. This is the second one now, you know, uh, as Josh Palmer said, they, you know, they have moved practice before it was potentially going to get canceled. They, you know, Purdue had moved this practice schedule around so that uh, the players could participate in this um, event that uh, Tennessee's athletes on campus have, uh, have joined in. And, and you, you pointed out something Grant mentioned. He, he mentioned this the other day too, when we were talking to, um, I think it was Palmer and, and, you know, we always ask guys about how other players are looking in practice. And sure. usually it's like one sentence about him and then they're like, Oh, but everybody's doing, you know, everybody's, you know, they're, they're hesitant to single out their, their teammates. But then he, you know, Palmer gave a really thoughtful answer when he was asked about uh, the March Saturday and, and wanting to kind of keep pressing the issue publicly um, as a team and as players and uh, as young African-Americans in this country with what's going on. Uh, and it was just kind of funny to hear players, you know, speak about that and talk about that as a topic while still sticking to some of the old things that they're told not to do about like, don't, you know, don't put too much hype on a guy and, and you know, don't talk about your teammates, that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, Wes. I think Pruitt's hitting a lot of the right notes and has continued to do so uh, during this off season. You have to give him credit because uh, this is, this has been a new year for everybody. You know, I don't think any of us have, um, especially in his position, have been through a situation like this where, uh, you know, athletes have a platform that they have. And then there's also, you know, COVID going on too. So you have to manage that and you have to be able to um, listen to your players and, and hear what they think and hear their thoughts and, and give them a platform for which uh, for they, for them to uh, share their beliefs with, uh, with, with the public. Yeah. I think that it's important also to note that, that there's one thing, it's not just about whether Pruitt agrees with his players or not. That That's not really the point. I think largely, from what I can tell, he does. Uh, but the bottom line is, even if you don't agree with them, he has, you know, he has given them, you know, the freedom to go out there and speak their mind on this without fear of reprisal. And as a college athlete, that's enormous because there's a culture put in place in most most of these college programs where guys feel very, very scared to say anything that they think might impact them in terms of whether a coach plays them, uh, you know, how, how will hurt this hurt them going forward. They're, they're very tentative and very hesitant about all that. And, and I think some people say they should be, I disagree with that, but that's fine. It's just a matter of letting them go out there and speak their mind without reprisal. And that's something that I think Pruitt understands very clearly. And I think it's good that he's let them do that. So, uh, but there's, a lot to discuss with that. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, we're kind of going to do a hybrid episode with this, guys. We, we, we've talked about the COVID stuff, but that wasn't the only thing Jeremy Pruitt spoke about during this press conference or, or video conference that just ended a little while ago. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to discuss more about this. He, he talked about the quarterbacks. Uh, he talked about uh, Tank McCullough, the safety. He talked about the freshman wide receivers. Uh, there's a lot of things he discussed uh, in that presser that were also pretty interesting. So we're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to hit on those things. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to us from parts unknown across town. Before we get back into this stuff, Jeremy Pruitt said during his Friday press conference, guys, or video conference, I don't I don't really know how you describe these things. Zoom these call. Days. Yeah, the Zoom call. Uh, they're, they're becoming like, uh, like the Kleenex brand name with this stuff. Like, no matter who it is... Because yeah. it's there, there's also Microsoft Teams, which is another popular one that businesses and I know schools are using. My wife is teaching my mom, uh, my all mom, virtual classes. Yeah, my mom's semester. university. My mom's university uses that too. So they all do Teams. So yeah, there's lots of got to differentiate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we had a call with him on there. And before we get to the information on that, I'm going to say quickly again, please, guys, go in and rate and review this podcast. Click that subscribe button. Uh, if you're just listening on the site, hey, that's cool. We we appreciate that. But if you're getting it on Apple Podcasts, if you're getting it on Spotify, if you're getting it, uh, you know, anywhere, if you're a droid guy, anywhere that you get it there, uh, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you're getting this podcast, please go in there and rate and review it. And specifically, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go in there if you want to, when you're rating and reviewing, uh, go in there and ask a question. If there's something that you want us to talk about on the podcast, if there is something that you want us to uh, go into that we haven't yet, please, in that rate and review, go in there and mention it because we're, we're going to read those. And if we hear good ones, we're going to read them right here on this podcast. So please, please go in there and do that. Pat, we, we talked in the first segment about everything Pruitt said with all the COVID stuff and, and you know, the, the social justice march for tomorrow, all those other things. What stood out to you that he said that wasn't related to that stuff because he spoke about both quarterbacks. He spoke about, uh, I know he spoke about Tank McCullough, spoke about the freshman wide receivers, uh, talked about experience, the versatile guys, the versatility on defense. He talked about a lot of things there. Yeah, something we haven't mentioned is D'Angelo Gibbs, uh, that situation Great as point. well. Great point. Um, and, and to be honest with you, once Pruitt started talking about uh, practice getting paused, I went into get a story up quickly mode. Uh, and I don't really remember all everything else he said, if I'm being entirely honest. So uh, I did, uh, I did know uh, note what he said about Gibbs. I had uh, might might have had that one a little bit ready to go. Uh, we in the biz like to. Uh, they're called shells. They're called shells. Uh, I could be. You could call me a professional shell writer. You're ba- um, you're like the New York Times obit or, or AP or Associated Press obit <laughs> shell writer extraordinaire have, over there. Yeah, she's got everybody. You just got an obit ready for just in case. Um, no, but uh, uh, yeah, Gibbs, the Gibbs situation, we had a, a question about that. I think it was after Tuesday's practice uh, when the rumor mill started getting going about Gibbs. Yeah. 
his status with the program. He is still with the program, according to Jeremy Pruitt, um, but will is going to sit out this season uh, to focus on academics. Um, it does not sound like it's an opt-out situation uh, due to COVID. Um, I'm kind of confused uh, by what he said, Pat, because he said something about how, yes, he was doing this for academics, but then he said that he, he was doing well in the classroom, but he wanted to focus on academics, uh, but he wasn't going to play this season, but but he was still with the program. And it was kind of a word salad. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know exactly what the situation is there. I'll, I'll just be clear. I, I don't – to say he's focusing on academics – while his academics are going well, I don't know if this is a situation where he's opted out, but they don't want to say that. I don't know exactly, or if it's a discipline issue that they're trying to say is not a discipline issue. I don't know because the way they've worded it, it's just normally it's like, hey, guys, doing great in the classroom, so there's no problem there. I don't. Well, maybe, I'm confused. Maybe he wasn't doing great in the classroom, and now without getting is. into without getting into too much speculation. I mean, I, I don't. You know, you could have gone violation of team rules. He's going to sit out the season. You could have gone um, if he was opting out over health concerns. I, I don't know why he, you know, I don't know why Gibbs or Tennessee or Pruitt would want to hide that. Um, I, it doesn't sound like it's a COVID situation because Pruitt said he's still with the team. Uh, and I think if guys are going to be opting out uh, for for safety concerns due to COVID, they're they're in some cases I don't think they're going to be around the program because you know you're still going to be around people that are going to yeah. be around people, and so yeah. that that. If you're going to opt out, th- those things kind of don't jive, uh, if, if you if you will. So uh, there, had, you know, the rumor mill got going the other night about Gibbs. Like some other guys got dragged into it. You know, were they not? You know, were they not at practice? We got asked about Jimmy Holiday, Jimmy Callaway, Darnell Wright was practicing both days. Tennessee put out pictures of Darnell Wright, and people were still wondering if he was somehow in the doghouse. Um, but with Gibbs, um, I it's tough to know if this is a, a blow for Tennessee because he potentially could have been a, a real playmaker for him. He's one of the, he's, he's one of the best athletes on the team. He, he is. Yeah. But it, at the same time, it was, you know, given what he kind of was at Georgia, he had a lot of ups and downs there within that program. Yep. Um, there were some stretches there where he basically was not with the team for uh, whatever reason. Uh, he was sort of the ultimate wild card, but I think Tennessee was hopeful uh, based off what he did as, you know, on the scout team last season and, and and giving the first team defense some fits and practice that uh, they might've had something there, but they also probably were, you know, able to manage expectations to know that, uh, you know, that, that he was sort of the ultimate wild card. It could have gone anyway. You, you know, D'Angelo Gibbs could have been a star or it could have been a situation like this where he's not playing. And I don't know that either of those situations necessarily would have surprised me. Um, it also sounds like, um, you know, Tennessee's well-stocked at receiver. I think they've got some good options there. Um, we've seen some, heard, and heard some good things from uh, some of the freshmen that have that have made an impression already. Jalen Hyatt being the the main guy there, um, and some other guys I think have had some you know made a good start to camp as well. To where Tennessee, I don't want to say you're, you know Gibbs losing not having Gibbs is a is a major loss. I mean, I don't think that's the case, but uh, it would have been interesting to see what he would have been if he would have been with the team focus ready to go. And, and it would have been, he, he, I called him for pretty much the whole off season. He was like the biggest wild card yep, on was. the team mm-hmm. essentially. So um, they won't have that. We'll never know. And uh, somebody did on our board and in, in, in the story thread uh, about Gibbs wondered if he would, if we'd ever see him play for Tennessee. And at this point that seems to be up in the air. Flip a coin. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know yet. I, I know that, 
I know that he has the ability to be a very good football player. I also know that for whatever reason, the entirety of his college career, he has not put things together to this point. So make of that what you will. Uh, I have seen guys have tr- dramatic turn turnarounds late in their career. Uh, you get four or five years, some cases six, uh, to, to go out there and make an impression. Some guys make a, an impression immediately. Some guys take two years. Some guys take three. Some take four. Some take five. It just happens. I, I know that he has the ability to do that. Uh, now, whether he does it, I don't know, and we'll see because now he is not a factor for this season right now. So let's Get on with it. You know, the guys who are there, the quarterback situation there with Tennessee. Uh, Pat, I, I think Pruitt had some interesting things to say about the quarterbacks today. What's your take on the comments he made about both Jared Garantano and Harrison Bailey? Well, the the, the quarterback situation is an interesting one because uh, Tennessee hasn't come out and said it, but Jared Garantano is a starting quarterback until yes. either he or someone else proves otherwise. Yes. Um, it kind of feels like it's probably a scenario where it's going to be up to Garantano how long he – is last as Tennessee starting quarterback if he struggles struggles like he did last year. Uh, maybe his leash is shorter because um, uh, of, of his history and also because some of these other guys have, have improved. Uh, JT Shroud, I think, is off to a pretty good start um, this preseason. But uh, this week, the story with the quarterback position was was Harrison Bailey coming back. Uh, he was one of the guys that uh, I think he missed the first full force. Let me say this right. For first four practices. There you go. I got it there eventually. Um, Ding. Uh, while, while sitting out due to what Pruitt called a social quarantine, which I assume is COVID nineteen related, we don't know if, if Bailey tested positive or if it was a contact tracing kind of deal. But or if he broke uh, a team rule that where they said you, you're not supposed to do this and you did this, so you have to go into quarantine now. There, it could be any number of things, really. Anyway, all we know is that Bailey was not there. Pruitt said this last week, um, but but Bailey has been back this week. I don't know if he's even practicing shells yet, to be honest with you, because um, there's the Another word I can't say or type is acclimatization period. There you go. Right. You got to go two two practices in helmets, two practices in shells before you get to full pads. Um, if if Wednesday was Bailey's second practice, he was still in a helmet. But uh, according to both Jeremy Pruitt on Friday and Jim Chaney on Thursday, Bailey had some really nice moments uh, mm-hmm. during that practice. Um, uh, and, and I was asked on, on our board the other day, how I would handicap Bailey's chances uh, of maybe even getting the backup job this season. Uh, and, and I think that's what, I think that's what Shroud and Maurer and Baylor are going for. Uh, they're, they're going to be the guy in case the guy falters, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's where I think it's going. And, and the thing is about Bailey is, um, and, and Jim Chaney said this on Thursday when he knows what he's doing and he knows what's, what's going on. You see the talent, the talent comes out, he plays fast. He makes the right decisions. He goes where he needs to go with the ball. Uh, but on some of the concepts and some of the parts of the offense he doesn't know as well, you see he looks like a freshman, which uh, that that's that's the thing about playing quarterback as a freshman is uh, even talented guys. Look at Bo Nix. Look at Ryan Helinski last season. Those guys had their ups and downs. You know, there, there were games that were really good and there were games where they looked like freshmen. And so uh, that's kind of what you have to take with that position. And in Bailey's case, um, and Cheney sort of lamented this, you know, he didn't get a spring with them. He only got two practices. Uh, so Wednesday, when he apparently, as Pruitt said on Friday, shined um, in some in some eleven on eleven on eleven work. Uh, that was his what fourth practice. If I'm you know I'm not a math major, so there are ways they can get around that. You know I've <laughs> seen that thing, with, with the with the acclimat, with the acclimatization or you know let's call it the adjustment period. You can you can have practices on the side individually that count toward your twenty hours 
to where you can catch up and during like an off day, you can have like your own little side practice and you can get and even as a up. quarterback though, you, you know, you're not getting hit in practice anyway. Correct. So, you know, they could probably sit a quarterback back there. I'm not saying they're doing this, but they could sit a quarterback there, quarterback back there with helmets and shorts, with everybody else in full pads. And they're probably none the wiser because they don't hit them anyway. So it's true. It's very, um, very different. But I, I do think Bailey has a bit of an uphill climb, but it's just, it's just going to be a matter of learning. You know, he's going to have to learn. Uh, and like Pruitt said Friday, he, he's going to need a ton of reps, as many reps as he can get. Uh, because I think, um, I think the talent is there and I think Tennessee sees the talent and they've seen the talent for a while. That's why he was one of their, you know, one of their, their main guys in that class uh, at that position. But um, you know, it's, he's just, it's just a matter of learning the offense and getting comfortable. You know, like I said, this is he's four to five practices in uh, yeah. to his career. And, and I think, and, and th- I think expectations need to be tempered yeah. on that front, but at the same time, don't rule him out just yet. Yeah. I think things have conspired against him in recent months. Uh, you know, with spring camp being canceled after two practices, even though he's there, he can still do the workouts and things and everybody's got to go home. Uh, Then they come back and he misses the first couple practices of of camp starting back. Things have kind of conspired against him from the, from the outset of this uh, to, to go in there and be the guy. I'll quickly say this. There are two sides, multiple sides to this debate really. and, And I don't know exactly where I stand because and I'll be honest, I'd tell you if I knew where I stand. I have no problem with that. I just don't know yet on this. Because on one hand, you can see that you've got four quarterbacks there. Three of them have experience playing at the college level and in this system, and one of them doesn't. And we saw last season when some of those guys didn't know what they were doing in that offense, we saw the consequences of that. That's one side of it to where you say, ooh, you got a team that could win. Go ahead and play the Vets. On the other hand, you can look at it and you can say, well, what have those guys done from a consistent basis anyway? They haven't. They've not been consistent. They've all been erratic. Every single one of them has been erratic. So what would be the difference in throwing Bailey out there to see if he would be a little bit different in that way? Um, Because if you think that the other guys are going to go out there and make mistakes anyway, well, then just play the most talented guy. So if that's Bailey, I, I understand both sides of this. I don't know exactly where I stand. What I think, though, is this. If you're Tennessee, you're built to compete now. You think you're built to compete now. That is what they believe inside the program. Internally, they think in this schedule, they can go out there and make some noise. If that's the case, I'm going with the fifth-year senior to start the year. I just am because that's a guy who everybody in the building knows. That's a guy who you know if he goes out there and takes a lick, he can take it. If he goes out there and throws an interception, he can bounce back from that. If things aren't going well, he has shown he can regroup with the game on the line and go make a play. You've seen the good and the bad there. So that's the devil you know. And I would rather go with the devil I knew than the one I didn't know if I knew or if I thought I could be competitive. If I didn't expect to be competitive this season, if I didn't expect to be a top 25 caliber team, I might just play the freshman. But I don't know that with Tennessee situation, that's a smart thing to do right now. No, I, I think there's there's validity to that. I mean, and I've said this before. I, I don't know that that Tennessee, the way this team is built, necessarily needs Jarrett Garantana to go out and throw for 350 yards game. Mm-hmm. I think last year they probably needed that. You know, they probably needed him to throw the ball up to those big playmakers at receiver. Um, they needed, you know, they needed that to win games. But they're also not at the point as a ro- as a roster. And I say that that they're not built to. You know, he doesn't need to go out and, and win them games because I think Tennessee could be a pretty good team running the ball this year. Their offensive line, the reviews have been really good so far. 
Um, if they get Cade Mays in, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have everything they need to be elite up there. They've got a lot of competition going on. They've got a lot of flexibility with how many guys can play multiple spots. Yeah. Um, that's only going to make the whole group better. Um, so I, I think if you're Tennessee, you're going to go into every game saying we're going to be a physical football team. We're going to pound pound the ball on people and go play action and take shots down the field because Garantano can do that. He can yes. um, let the ball uh, rip and, and you know if, you know throw the ball down the field to, to fast guys, big guys, what have you. So, um, but at the same time, Tennessee's not at a point roster wise where. Uh, they can't overcome bad quarterback play. As we, you know, just look at last year yes. when the quarterback struggled, Tennessee struggled. So, um, Indiana was one of the few games they won and beat a decent team when the quarterbacks didn't play well. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know that that's that's where Tennessee is at a point. You know, some programs, Alabama, probably Georgia this year, their quarterback situation doesn't inspire me a whole lot, uh, but they'll still probably win a lot of games because their defense is going to give up 14 points a game tops. Uh, so. Uh, that, that's where Tennessee is. And, and to Garantano, you know, on Garantano, I think both Jim Chaney and, and Jeremy Pruitt the past couple of days have said he's had a good camp. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've said good things about him. And, and the, you know, Chaney, you know, made it clear that, you know, and there's no secret. Jerry Garantano knows this. He knows that his job and, and staying in that job is going to determine how he goes out on Saturday and performs. You know, he can look like a world beater on uh, in practice during the week, but until the, you know, the live bullets are flying, uh, and Josh Dobbs was maybe the reverse of this. He wasn't a great practice player, uh, but no. when the lights came on and it was game time, you know, Dobbs is, you know, just made plays. He just, he just found a way um, with Garantano. I think he knows that uh, as, you know, as good as he can be in practice, he needs to, to translate it to game days and he needs to carry the confidence. It was interesting to hear Josh Palmer this week say that no matter what you see on TV, Garantano always has confidence. He always carries himself that way. You don't see that a lot on TV. You know, you, you see a guy that sometimes. This, you know, the this is would, yeah, this is an NYC kid. You're not going to break him. Yeah, you he you know you would sometimes see him kind of. You could see his body language based on how things were going. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's consistency with Cantona. I think we all know this, and I think you know when when you know they could come out and some of the things that 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 has been said about Harrison Bailey, if they were said about Jake Garantano, I think most Tennessee fans would probably just, I don't want to say roll their eyes, but it would be in one ear out the other. Cause it's like, okay, we know he's a, a decent practice player, but I know what I've seen on Saturdays. And so um, with, with Bailey, we've not seen what he does on Saturdays. So to hear that he's, you know, has a good practice or um, is already making some, you know, is already looking pretty good or looking the part of a top 100, you know, one of the best pro, pro style quarterback prospects in a class, you know, they, they expect that to carry over. And as we've seen with a lot of guys, what you do in practice doesn't always translate. And uh, for Garantano, he needs to take what he does in practice, taking care of the ball, this, you know, consistency, decision-making, all those things. Those have to translate to Saturday for, for him to continue to be Tennessee's best option when football games, which is what will keep him in the job long-term. Yeah, and you also think about things that the other players say, you know, uh, just little things like that that you can pick up on, which in, in this era right now without – as much ability to actually physically see practice, uh, you have to rely more on what you hear. And and Matthew Butler, maybe it was a slip of the tongue, maybe it wasn't. But when he's talking about the other day about all the things he's seen, the improvement throughout the team, he said a returning quarterback with a returning coordinator. Didn't say quarterbacks. A lot of other positions, he talked about a lot of different options. With quarterback, he said a returning quarterback, period. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you, you don't have to look hard to read between those lines there. I mean, I think they think he's the guy. With that said, Pat, we know, and this might hurt Garantano in some ways, they know, this staff knows that if they bench him, they're not going to break him. 
So if he goes out there and struggles, that maybe makes them say, huh, well, screw it. Let's just throw Bailey or somebody or Maurer or somebody in there, or Stroud, who's having a good camp, and, and see what they can do. And if that doesn't work, go back to Garantano when he's proven he can handle that. So I just do not believe – I believe two things firmly. If, if Garantano is healthy, he goes into the season as a starter. I firmly believe that. The other thing I very firmly believe is that Tennessee will rotate quarterbacks this season because that's just what's going to happen. I, I – Garantano will not take every single meaningful snap this season. I just don't believe that. Uh, that's There's nothing in recent history with the Tennessee program, with Garantano. And I'm going back a decade here. There's just very little in there that indicates he's just going to be the guy. So we'll see where that goes. Pat, before we step out of here, anything else interesting? I know Pruitt mentioned something about the versatility in the defenders, which we know about. There's nothing crazy to discuss there. That's good stuff. I talked about Jalen McCullough, sophomore safety, talented guy, a guy who I think we're both pretty high on for for his upside. Uh, really smart kid, really mature kid, said that he knows he needs to play better, but that he's capable of doing that, and he works hard enough to do it. And I still feel like there's a pretty solid chance he's one of the two starting safeties. Oh, McCullough for sure. Um, and, and to kind of go off McCullough, and maybe this is a, a podcast for next week when yeah. you know Tennessee may or may not be practicing, but uh, we did talk to both Tennessee's coordinators on Thursday. Um, and the cynical <laughs> recap of each is that Jim Chaney is pleased with everybody on his offense. Uh, meanwhile, Derek Ansley pretty much just listed his depth chart. Yes. More or less. Uh, but now there's still some things to, to and, glean and, out of. And he did it the way Derek Ansley did it, which is just talking kind of like this. Uh, and here's the deal. But he, he, you he, know, he, like that. He, yeah, he's he's got future head coach written all over. He, uh, he did drop in a couple couple nuggets in there that John Mincy's now an outside linebacker, apparently. That's a big old damn outside um, linebacker, folks. That's so, a big because I, I said earlier, like last week when I saw the first pictures of him in camp, I went, that guy got bigger. And he's got bigger two seventies, I think. That's a I, he might even be bigger than that, just looking at him. And, and yeah. that's a big old outside linebacker. Uh, the other one was Key Lawrence, um, who is at safety now, however many days he was at cornerback were short lived. Uh that's or maybe they just pulled the old switcheroo on him like they did with RJ Perry, where yeah. You're coming in at cornerback, and then day one, safety meetings are over there, key. And then Perry um, got mentioned the other day again, maybe with the defensive lineman. So it's like, what, what's what's going on here? I saw him a picture of him, and I'm like, that's not an offensive jersey. I'm, you know, and that that's welcome to 2020. This is what we're living in right now. Yeah, yeah. Perry's on the offensive line. I think they think his upside is better there. That's what but, I think um, too. But I saw the picture and I went, hmm, what? But uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I think the big takeaway is just this the situation with COVID, and and it's kind of. Um, everything is sort of to be determined. I, I think Tennessee will be back in practice probably within the next week. You know, we've seen some other programs have done this. I think Vanderbilt was one uh, that paused football activities for a few days. Um, but I think it's smart of Tennessee to, to take this situation seriously, not put football first, put health first, put safety first, uh, put finding why this has happened and uh, determining what needs to be done to sort of nip it in the bud and, and, and stop it from becoming an even bigger issue. And uh, I think Tennessee's medical staff and Jeremy Pruitt deserve credit for uh, taking that approach to, to this situation. I agree with you, Pat, but I'll add a twist to it. I think this, this doesn't, I think this decision actually does put football first because when you do things like then this, maybe it does. You're <laughs> giving a matter of perspective. You're giving yourself a better chance to actually play when the season starts. So I, I mean, I think that's, that's that that to me is that's why. Before we get out of here, I'll say this again. That's why 
they had whatever 40 something days to get in 25 practices. That's why the season was pushed back to September 26th. The SEC for for all the 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 confusion out there in college sports, for all the dumb things the NCAA has done, the SEC the way this has been handled I got to tell you, I think they're looking pretty decent on this. I, I do. I think they pushed it back. Especially compared to the Big Ten. <laughs> which might be playing, might not be. Maybe Thanksgiving. I, I don't – I don't. That, that's a soap opera, man. I, I got – just remember, guys, it, it could be worse. So we could be one of our uh, one of our good friends who covers the, the Big Ten. So it, it is what it is. Pat, before we step out here, anything else you, you heard from today or anything else this week that interests you that you can mention very quickly before we step out of here? Uh, no, I think we're good. Perfect. Appreciate it, man. I have some things to mention, but we'll save it for another podcast. How's that sound? Oh gosh, that is a really good tease right there, Pat. That is a really good tease. You're, you're angling to be the host of this podcast going forward. I like it. Let's, let's not go there. Let, let the, may the games commence. This is, this is your show, Wes. So I'm just here. <laughs> it's not my show. It's our show, man. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Guys, thanks for tuning in. And to be clear, this is not my show. This is the Go Vols 24-7 show. This is all of the guys. This is an equal operation here. We all report to the same boss. We are all equals here. Uh, do want to say thanks for listening. Please do that again. We like that. I've already messed up this outro so bad. I'll just keep going. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey's Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want Just Tennessee news, you can go get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. That will be all vols all the time. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, which isn't 100% Tennessee news, but 100% of the Tennessee news is on there, if that makes sense. We'll mix in some Titans and some other stuff around the SEC, maybe some Preds, some Grizzlies here in there uh, but mostly mostly that is tennessee news and there's tennessee news going on there all day every day or you can go directly to the source get that delicious east tennessee mountain spring water right from the tap at goboss247.com got a 10-year anniversary sale going on right now 50 percent off of an annual subscription do take advantage of that and if you're already paying us full price well then you get access to cbs all access which is cbs's streaming platform which has everything in the cbs archive everything every show ever made uh, commercial free all the movies going in in and out uh, stuff from uh, smithsonian stuff from bet stuff from comedy central uh, stuff from nickelodeon for the kids all kinds of good stuff on there I was watching a documentary on there last night actually good good stuff there and you get that for free 100 dollars annual value in your pocket just for being a go balls 24 7 subscriber so please go do that please go in subscribe rate and review this podcast ask questions in there if we like what you're asking in there hey we'll go ahead and mention it on this show we'll we'll have mailbag episodes that have priority priority for those questions that are asked right there on the apple podcast app so please go do that and uh, if nothing else you will hear from us very very shortly probably in the next day or so and, and we'll play the pruitt audio and maybe some coordinator in Rick Barnes audio too. Who knows? Grab back. See y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 